We're going to be starting the conversation here in just a minute, people. Uh, if you're listening to the archive, uh, enjoy the music. out there welcome to the internet radio whoa whoa this is kotr in the morning at night fm03 <laughs> dry e in the pillow at night <laughs> i keep looking away from the mic and that probably doesn't help <laughs> that's bad radio hey sam is asking in the chat why the background is so orange that's because they gave me the option to make the background oranges. So, that, it's oranges now. That's what it is. Uh, please donate to us if you would like the background changed. <laughs> <laughs> if you want less oranges in the background. $10. All right. Awesome. <laughs> okay, apparently it's actually bad. Maybe we should just change it. Oh, is, is, it, is it bad? Is it just not good? <laughs> I donate my okay. You donate your time, Sam. In chat, okay. Um, ba- background. Um, what a, this one? How about this one? Is this thing better? Did it change? Did it do a thing? Uh, Sam, you do in fact donate your time and energy. Um, uh, it may require a refresh. I'm not sure. Maybe we should just put it on the blank background so it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Basic. Um. That's the wrong thing, I think. Um, you know, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it back to default. It may require a refresh from you guys. Uh, Our so apologies. We will refrain from talking for anything for half a minute for the 20 seconds that it takes you to refresh your page. Um. Okay, so apparently the backgrounds are bad. Yeah, let's <laughs> never do that again. I thought that that would be extremely pleasant. <laughs> it sounds like they don't do anything. All right, it's better. It, it made it oranges. It made it very oranges. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it sounds like they don't actually accommodate for changing the background. Oh, yeah, not on our end for sure. No. Uh, on their end, it seems like just very orange. And then not when we change it live, it doesn't do anything. So that's that's interesting. Better. Okay, good. Great. Um, hey, everybody, welcome to Post Credits. Hello. Uh, the show that we do after we do the other show. The show after the credits. The show after the show. Yeah, after the credits. We don't have credits. Maybe we should fake credits? Is that? I don't think that's a thing. 
Robbie uh, was okay. Yeah, Robbie was here actually. At he, a point, he started falling asleep while we were waiting to do the live show, and so me and E finally convinced him, like, "Hey, maybe you should just go maybe to sleep. go sleep instead of just falling asleep on the show." Kyrie's calling in. Hi. 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 <laughs> How's it going on the other side of the apartment? It's a townhouse. On the other side of the townhouse. It's great. Oh, good. That's good. So, uh, I guess let's just jump into the thing that I care about here. <laughs> okay. Um, 4K movies? Penny Dreadful. <laughs> Penny Dreadful in 4K. Oh, I fucking wish. Okay, so <laughs> Sam was here last weekend. We <laughs> an episode. And there was Penny Dreadful in 4K at Entertain Mart behind like all the locked cases. And it was really, really hard to convince myself not to buy that. I, I, I already own it all. I own it all already on DVD. But what if I could get it on Blu-ray, right? No. <laughs> yeah, see, that's also what Sam said. Um, and then I'm I was like... I'm glad Sam, Sam needs to be around more when these things are <laughs> I, happening. I came home with this. Boy, would my wife be angry. See, I have the opposite problem in which I need someone to convince me to actually buy something if I go out. Try's been with me, and I'll look at a movie, and I'm like, man, that would be nice, but, you know, it's it costs money. And he's like, e, you, you, it's $20. You can, you can just yeah. buy it. Everybody needs both sides. No, you just need the <laughs> It was It was ultimately the, like, hey... Uh, Liz probably wouldn't like this and she would get real mad and then I'm like that's not going to be fun so maybe not you should think but, that more often but then I also didn't want to leave empty handed so I bought Bumblebee in 4k yeah, that which was, was only like $12 unnecessary it felt pretty necessary Mm-mm. Sam also got something I think oh right she got Edgar Allan Poe socks which is just just a silly purchase $20 is a lot when you only have $20 to get through the week. That is correct. I bought less food that week. <laughs> <laughs> What's more important? Your mind for two hours or your stomach for forever? I will say buying a Blu-ray video <laughs> disc when I do not own a Blu-ray player. <laughs> not, not, the, not my wisest decision. <laughs> Maybe not the most frugal decision. Socks were the last one. Oh, right, right. The pair of, okay, yeah. So, Entertainment Mart, when Sam was here, we went there and she bought Edgar Allan Poe socks and she said they were the last ones. So, she had to buy them, which I guess I can't really argue against. It was a dry move. What, the buying the Blu ray of something I don't even own? <laughs> <laughs> no, buying the last one because there's no more. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, you got to have the last one then. No. Yeah, I'm like, can I live without that? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, can I live without that? Yes. I should get it. That's <laughs> uh, So yeah, the thing that I do actually care about you <laughs> okay. is Liz sat you down. Yes. And watched all the Harry Potters finally. That is a correct. They are statement. all watched and finished. I did not watch the last two because I was editing. Um, you watched bits. I watched bits, which sucks because those those are the two I actually like. <laughs> um, Karma. I guess probably. Uh, but yeah, so talk about that. Okay. 
So start from the beginning good, of them. Only action. good thing. Talk about so your honest thing. opinions from the first movie to the last movie. All right. So in the beginning, there was nothing. And then the first day came and the Lord and Savior, he said, he said, Akio light. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Get light. Yeah. Okay. So first wow. movie. Very fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't have a ton to say. It's just a fun movie. I just it, it very much fits the tone of the book. Uh, very much just there to set the set the groundwork and be like, this is wizards, yo. <laughs> uh, second movie ramps up a bit. Also very fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> for the first few movies, I'm guessing it's mostly just it was fun. Yeah, third movie. Yeah, it was fun. Um, started getting into the more plot bits. In That's there. Azkaban, right? Yes. 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 Hey, there's going to be a lot of questions about which movie happened, yeah. and um, I need you to be patient. This has already happened multiple times. You need <laughs> to pay attention. Well, it's going to happen a lot more. All right. So, yeah. Prisoners. I like it. I like uh, Sirius Black. Uh, he unfortunately doesn't get as much screen time in the movies as he does in the books. But I'll live. Yeah, like when I was watching those bits and pieces of Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 with you guys, um, you were saying like, oh, like they never mentioned this and it has like a ton to do with Sirius Black. And like, that seems crazy that they just left that kind of stuff out. Yeah, they they had to cut a lot from the movies. Uh, a lot of it is Sirius Black, which is unfortunate because I think he's a very important character. A lot of it's Ginny, which is also unfortunate because she is also a very important character in my opinion. Some of it is the house elf stuff where Hermione's like, hey, don't be racist against house elves. And that, that I think, makes sense. It got cut. <laughs> we need a note with all the Harry Potter movies in order. Yeah, Sam says you need to write a note listing all the Harry Potter movies in order and put it on the wall in that room. Yeah, but he um, says I really do need to. Fourth book, or fourth movie, is important because I think it is better than the book because I don't like the fourth book. That's Goblet, right? Yes. So that one is actually good in the movie because they got rid of all the stupid shit that happens in that movie. <laughs> and just the, the fake book. Olympics. Yeah, so it's it's still a weaker one, I would say, but it's not bad. Okay. Um, Fifth is probably my favorite movie still. Which one's that? Uh, what happens? Order, Order of the Phoenix. I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. And they do the training, and uh, I think that one has like for like that villain episode for like I was gonna say episode for like the villain of like that movie. I think that one has the best villain because yeah. ultimately a villain is like just a hard ass, like a villain that everybody can like relate to is just, like just a really terrible actual human. Yeah. So I think, and a thing that I like about it is similar to the book. I think it has a good blend of the fun wizardy stuff with serious more plot. Okay. So I think it gets that dichotomy done really well. So that's good. Uh, sixth, um, I think it suffers a little bit from not getting all the stuff in the book, but I think it's ultimately very fine. I think it does everything well. Um, some of the stuff that didn't make sense in the book still doesn't make sense in the movie. Like, hey, Dumbledore's got to drink a bunch of water. That scene is so weird to me. Like, I don't know why, but that scene feels like super dramatic and empty to me. It's really uncomfortable, in my opinion. Like, just, I like... just, it's not, he's like drinking water, but there's like no actual like water. 
yeah it's it's that's a, weird i don't like it yeah and then deathly hollows part one and two i think i'm just gonna grade these as one long long movie um i think this has the best conversion of book to movie probably because you know they, they had it. way more time yeah yeah so i think is that i think i wouldn't i think it does get a bit long in the tooth i think it's a bit too serious in my opinion um the final confrontation with Voldemort isn't as interesting as it is in the book. The book's not amazing, but it's not <laughs> just like Harry's like, ah. So like for me, I feel like Deathly Hollows, what we'll count as one, um, is when I started like actually caring because like, oh, there's fi- finally something like take seriously and like there's like consequences for what they're doing. And like none of the other ones felt like they had that. And like they're finally doing cool wizard shit. And like using spells that they've been learning, and like everything pays off. Uh, I don't think it needed that many years to pay off. Personally, <laughs> like I, if they were to like ever redo Harry Potter, it would it would need to be like an HBO show, I think, just to like give things time to breathe and like be boring. <laughs> <laughs> but why would it matter if it's a show rather than the movies? Because then like you get like ten episodes per book or something, and so like you get ten hours, and you fit like everything in the books. I would feel like would. Oh, you don't happen. need everything in the books, quite no, frankly. Yeah, I think that's the biggest point. I think that was a big selling point with people that watch the movies and why people love the movies so much is, like you said, there's stuff in the books that doesn't really matter, and it's yeah. annoying and yeah, like, um, angsty that you don't really care for, and I think the movies did a good job of taking enough out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is like coming from a person that's not a fan of Harry Potter. Yeah, so like you, my opinion yeah. doesn't matter as much. I would say. Also, Sam, I saw like I know I know it's a trial. I mean, just like why that is what they chose to have be the trial is more my confusion. Like, why is drinking water that you can't actually quench yourself and also unbearable pain? What Rowling chose is more like the weird choice i mean i think that we're coming to the point now to where we should just be questioning rowling in general okay yeah rather than like why did she choose this weird thing like maybe I, I, just i've sep- i'm mostly separating rowling because who gives a shit about her honestly <laughs> yeah, at this yeah, point fair. but also maybe it makes sense why the elf thing was just dropped because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rowling maybe she also just didn't care <laughs> yeah sam says in chat she's an awful person and you are correct yeah she's bad uh yeah so but here we go here's the real meat and potatoes the official ranking Ooh. okay yeah how do you like the, how do you rank all the movies in order from least favorite to favorite all right least favorite uh one again i still really like it i think least favorite so one then we're going up to <laughs> can i guess the order <laughs> then we're going up three <laughs> next up four <laughs> seven is after that oh six five five being my number one okay huh weird and uh i guess for clarification my ranking of the books was five seven six three two one four with four being my least favorite so from four to jump that high up shows how much i like the movie more that that is interesting it shows like they concentrated way more on the things you actually cared about from the book um sam says 
uh, I like the mundane things in the book, and five is her favorite book. That's my favorite too. That's when I was like, oh yeah, Harry Potter's actually good. <laughs> after, <laughs> after just how much I did not like four much. I mean, so as a non-Harry Potter fan, like the reason why I liked the last one is because like, ooh, cool magic and like fighting and like there's consequences and stuff's happening and things are cool. Um, and it feels like flashy and like important. Whereas the other ones didn't feel important to me. It just felt empty. Like, I don't know what it is about them, but like it's supposed to be goofy, but instead of just goofy, it all felt empty to me. Like it's a nothing of a, like, I feel nothing after it at all. But like after the Deathly Hollows ones, I was like, oh wow, that was like good. And that was like good filmmaking and like acting and effects. And like, I cared at the end of it. Um, and so like for me, the Fantastic Beast stuff feels like it's more tonally close to Deathly Hollows than every, than anything else. Like I, I'm going to, the first Fantastic Beasts, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is like pretty silly and mostly inconsequential until the end of it. Like it's all basically to set up for the rest of it. Um, I, here is a controversial opinion. Uh, people don't agree. Even <laughs> people who like film and people who like Harry Potter do not agree with this. I love Crimes of Grindelwald. I think it's actually really, really cool. And it does the things that I wanted Harry Potter to be doing. Is that the second Fantastic Beast? Yeah. Okay. Uh, critically, it was rated pretty poorly. Fans didn't really like it that much. Um, I really, really like it. I think it's just really good. And like it has the fun stuff that I liked from Fantastic Beast still. And I feel like it gets like... It's like an, a boring adult's take on what cool magic should be. <laughs> instead of like a childlike whimsy take on it. See, I, I think that is why we have such a different idea of the movies in general is because, like, I still have this, like, the child whimsy of how to do a storytelling. Like, my mind never really progressed from what I saw as a child going into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing is, like, you don't like the Harry Potter because you feel like there's no point. Right. Whereas I'll watch something knowing there is no point and have no issue with that. I can watch a series that is completely episodic each episode doesn't even relate to the next episode and i'm completely content with that and i think this is like it's the dichotomy of what we want from entertainment yeah yeah like i want i i ultimately want something that makes me feel like a certain way and like i feel like you just want something that's like just fun and entertaining well i just i don't know like it's a hard thing to because I think it's something you say a lot. You can't like quite pin down what right what, what you taste. yeah. You're a I don't know like a jigsaw puzzle that's like all white and like you're like maybe this piece goes here. Wait, that has an edge. Why does that have? God damn it! Yeah, because like yes, my favorite movie is Ed and Eddie's Big Picture Show, a completely <laughs> a cartoon movie never aired in theaters. But also, my third favorite movie is Fight Club, which is actually like a really interesting take on America in general and. What's your second favorite? Oh, it's uh, a movie you would never. Oh. I talked about a couple times. You you would never have seen uh, the disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. Oh right, right. Oh, which is an anime movie based off an anime. Um, but like a lot of it's just I don't know what I want to feel from entertainment. The most is I know I don't want to be bored. <laughs> <laughs> There's only been a couple times where I've just been straight up bored during movies. Yeah, uh, you we I, we've had a few of those on this podcast, uh, yeah. which have been fun because it's like, oh, this is like weird and silly. What do you think? E? I don't know, boring. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um, just like 
I I want I don't necessarily want to feel something from my entertainment, but I do want to get something out of it, even if that is just I thought this was funny, or this was a cool adventure yeah. that I went on with the characters. So like, for me, it's usually like if I know the genre of a film, like I go in expecting to feel that thing, um, which I think is like a lot of the reasons why. Like, Liz, I don't want to speak for you here, but I know you like going into things blind because, like, you don't want to have an expectation of things, right? Um, I don't know if it's so much I don't want to have an expectation of things. It's just that there's so much nowadays that gives it away. And you don't, I don't want the excitement and, like, the funnies and the dramatic to be taken away because I've already seen snippets of it. Yeah, which like I I totally understand that. Like and I can feel that same way to some extent. Like uh that Palm Springs movie that came out on Hulu starring Andy Samberg, like I went into that literally having no idea what happened in the movie and then it ended up being like a romantic comedy with like weird sci-fi stuff and like I ended up enjoying it cuz I just didn't know what to expect. I think that was a lot of what like I ended up liking about it. Um we have somebody in the chat called Friends says yeah. nice to meet you Samantha and everyone. Where are you from? All. Um not creepy at all. That's not weird. Just friend. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I think what and Sam's saying that she's like watching trailers and reading reviews and I'm exactly the same way. It, if I am like, if I see a title and I'm like, what in the world could that be about? I don't necessarily want to go in completely blind. Because um, obviously I don't like horror. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> so I don't want to like walk into you know the snowman sounds pretty you know sounds fun there's a snowman <laughs> and it's not about a fucking snowman uh, you know it's not frozen Olaf is not in that movie arguably so... snowman's not about anything <laughs> well yeah but <laughs> you know that's not the fun friendly movie that you might think if you just hear it and so like I watched the trailer for that looked god awful and it was so, you know, there's, but there are some ones like, you know, anticipatory ones like it. I hate clowns, but I really loved that movie when I was a kid because it scared the bejesus out of me. And so when it got remade or whatever, reboot, remade, whatever, um, <laughs> that trailer was great. It didn't give me anything, but it gave me enough. So that's like in my in my opinion, the best trailer for any movie. And I and I think I only watched that one, the first one that came out with all of it. Yeah, like, now that you mention it, that It trailer really was spectacular because it basically just told you everything you know. Like, hey, It is coming back. Here's, like, maybe some music or something that, like, is reminiscent of it. And then nothing. Like, you never saw the clown. You didn't really see, like, the actors in any scenes. It was... You didn't like you knew what it was, but you didn't really know what to go into it somehow. Like, I don't know. The marketing for that was incredible, Um, which is, I think, kind of what took away for part two a lot, because part one was such a runaway success that whenever part two came out, it's like, here's what every actor is doing in this. And here's what they're playing. And here's the timeline that takes place in it. And like it took away that mystery and magic of that first part. Well, I think yeah. some of that has to do with Hollywood in general and yeah. their disliking of not being safe. Yeah, yeah. The part two did feel safe in a lot of ways. Uh, besides one scene that starts the movie off that everybody really hated. Um, 
It's where uh, a gay couple get assaulted and murdered uh, from townsfolk, which is like in the book, which I'm not defending that part. Um, but that's like meant to be very evil and awful. Um, and it does get a visceral reaction out of everybody. But I could see why people wouldn't want that. That's the least safe part in the movie. And everything kind of feels like exactly what you would expect it to be after that point, which is disappointing. Yeah. And I mean, but like even trailers with that trailer specifically, it wasn't just that they didn't give away context. You know, it wasn't that they didn't show the clown or whatever. But it's also like there were shots in the trailer you never saw in the movie. So nothing, no certain part of the movie got ruined because of the trailer. Is it felt like that trailer was filmed specifically for the trailer or it was shots that they didn't use in the movie that were like, okay, we can put this in the trailer because they're not going to see it. So it's not going to ruin anything. You know, when for comedy movies, they put in a joke in the trailer and then that joke comes and then you don't laugh. And then you're like, man, was that the only funny joke in the movie? And then they just use it for the trailer to get me. It worked. And now this movie sucks. So I don't know. That's my thing. But I think with like, the advantage with E waiting so freaking long to read the <laughs> movies, I mean, to read the books. And I went along with it, you know, because I'm, I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag humble. But um, for him to, you know, I didn't read the books, but to watch someone who has read the books and has nothing on the movies, right? You know, maybe seen snippets, but a long time yeah. ago to go in not knowing what these movies are going to show after reading the books is awesome. Like that's the greatest thing. I think that, that it's like when the first motion picture or, you know, talking came out, you didn't know anything. You just knew this thing was coming out and then you go in there with no expectations. You go in there with, you know, what am I going to see? And then you just come out like completely surprised and like, you know, almost inspired by what you saw. And that's kind of what I saw with E watching these Harry Potter movies after reading those books. And like Sam said, it's absolutely true. Like even Netflix, you could watch a movie or you could watch a trailer. You don't even have to watch the stupid thing. You already know what's going to happen. You already know what they said. Like those trailers are like three minutes long. Yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, Netflix ruins a lot of its shows before, before you ever even get to sit down and watch them. That really is why I try to avoid a lot. Like I'm actually mad because I got, so like your name, that was a movie I was like really I knew basically nothing about, and I was telling you like I was really interested. I got spoiled on one of the biggest plot points watching a Dragon Ball Z review because they just casually mentioned a huge plot point, and I'm mad. And now I don't even know if I want to watch it because I know the biggest plot. That yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, that's super frustrating. And like um, that's just an issue I have with the how we consume media now is like you're literally people will be like this movie's been out for half a year how have you not seen it? it's like fucking i don't know maybe i had to fucking do shit half a year ago <laughs> like if i'm like hey i was interested in watching smuglands journey and they're like oh yeah and then he fucking dies and it's like fucking cool why did you tell me that <laughs> i just asked for your opinion on one piece what are you doing yeah i mean i don't one piece is a weird thing but <laughs> that's a fucking monster at this point it's not, I think it's not even the longest, honestly, but it's so long. It is. Even if I like that type of anime, I could never do it. No, you got to read the manga instead. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like talking about like trailers and like reveals and stuff like that, like one of my most anticipated movies for 2020 was Tenet. 
the second that I found out that it was happening and Christopher Nolan, one of his movies, obviously, I immediately wanted to watch it. And the trailer revealed nothing about what that movie is. Like, he is maybe a time-hopping secret agent that maybe also controls time when you're going backwards and forwards. I have no idea what that movie's about. I have zero clue. And I am super, super excited to watch it. And I will not get to watch it for a very long time because of the stupid pandemic. And like, I don't know, that's just one that's like a a perfect trailer, I think. Because it takes this very weird idea that I still can't wrap my head around that time is going forwards and backwards at the same time. Um, and it also already happened, but hasn't happened yet. Like, It just doesn't make sense. Um, like that very intriguing idea. And you get to see like snippets of it playing in, but I have no idea how any of this works in this world. Um, very much like inception. <laughs> it's, it's being uh, compared to that a lot. So if it's even 1% like inception, I think I'm going to love it eventually. I get to see it. In I, 2037. Yeah, probably. Um, Sam was just saying there's so many things to watch, which I agree. Yeah, there is. It's uh, really easy to get overwhelmed with uh, entertainment now because it's just anything that you open up. It's like, hey, how about watching this or reading this or listening to this? Or It's extremely easy to be overwhelmed by the things that you're supposed to enjoy. Especially when something like catches on and people like, you know, like things on Netflix, like there's the, they even like rated them one to 10. This is what everybody's watching. So yeah. you're like, do I have to watch all this shit now? Because if I'm going to talk to anybody in the world, this is the shit they're going to bring up. So, you know, do I have to put on the crap that I actually want to watch on hold to be part of the conversation, which is what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, not be able to watch, but there is, so much and you have to you also have to figure out what medium you're into you know music podcasts movies shows um cartoons anime whatever you know whatever it is you can't be in every single medium and enjoy them all yeah like i have shunned animation basically in general (laughs) i I don't have time to appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) um like yeah like talking about like netflix and stuff like that like umbrella academy came out and that first season was like a huge thing and season two came out and i think uh, me and you were watching it liz wife um (laughs) um, and (laughs) oh i'm sorry (laughs) um and like i when that first started i was like oh crap was that first season like a fluke because those first two episodes are real like sketchy they just felt like they were jumbled and didn't really know what they were doing Mm-hmm. Um, and now, like, I honestly feel like it's way better than season one was. It just feels really fun and like serious still. It's, I don't know, it's hit a tone that I'm way into. Uh, mm-hmm. but like, nobody's talking about season two now at all. Like, it's not the hot new thing on the block, so nobody's like talking about it. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, I've only seen one person on Twitter, <laughs> which is like insane because, like, I feel like this season is so much better than the last season. It's because that's not what we're supposed to do nowadays like anime has that because it like fucking attack on titan biggest fucking anime in a long right. ass time second season came out no one gave a shit yeah yeah no one gave a shit because you know why it took four years for a second season to but come this out was only a year i know even. yeah <laughs> that's how fast media moves uh, oh yeah okay i get what you're saying yeah yeah very true i'm not 
I'm not quite. I mean, I, and it's on the countdown. Like it's number one on Netflix right now. So people are obviously watching it, and and I don't know if the world just because the world's gone dark that we're seeing you know less of things because the last thing I had heard of that was huge was Tiger King. We weren't in quarantine yet. Right. So that was the last thing before quarantine hit that was huge and people were talking about. And like now, maybe because we have no human interaction, you know, we're not <laughs> hearing it as much, you know, because there's no water cooler to talk around right now. Right. Everyone's Actually, at maybe home. You're right. Maybe like people just don't have to like fill in time with like small talk. So nobody's yeah. talking about any of it. Maybe. That's true. And, I mean, know, there are more important things happening now too. Every of fucking day. That is very, very true. And it is, um, it's hard to care about things for too long. Just like Sam said, as human beings, we have short attention spans. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to kind of rope it all in. There's a lot of stuff to pay attention to. You can't pay attention to it all. There's more important things to pay attention to right now. Um, and you know, things like that. So I don't know. It's a good mix of everything, but yeah, I think it is weird. But the one Twitter thing that I did see was saying that guy saying that, uh, it was better than season one. That's it. So I think everyone's on the, maybe everyone's on the same page too. Everyone yeah, maybe everyone just agrees. Like, yeah, that was like, like better than oh, season one. Anyway, the world's it. fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the internet moves a mile a minute for sure. Yeah, Sam's saying I think it's because the internet moves fast and there's so many things happening like almost every day. It's just exhausting. And like, yeah, honestly, there's. It's hard to keep up with everything. Yeah. That's why I don't even fucking bother with memes anymore. They're they last two days, basically. If that, if that, honestly. What the last big meme I saw? I can't even think of what like the last big one was. The cake, people cutting cake. I don't or, even know what that one is. See, like people would just cut everyday objects, and it turns out it was cake. Just fondue. oh, is that new? No, quote unquote. It fucking came out like ten years ago. I remember that shit ten years ago yeah. <laughs> when everyone was cutting into shit and it was cake because like this whole you know that one show on TLC or whatever network it was, Cake Boss. So people were making shit like regular things into cake, and that was a thing back then. And like it just came back, which yeah, I get so- it. New generation on the internet find shit that you know had already been there you know think history repeats itself but yeah. i guess I'm another one i can down. think of uh the astronauts were like the astronauts looking at a thing is like wait it's all blank and the other one's holding wait, the yeah gun. where did that come from so that's an old meme where it's some <laughs> astronaut floating in space we're just recycling memes now <laughs> like that one i get why it came back randomly because uh that one like didn't get much traction the first time, but it's just like the guy looking at the earth and the original original was like, wait, it's all Russia always has been. And it's like a communism joke. My favorite version is it was quickly changed to wait, it's all Ohio. And it's just an earth <laughs> with a giant Ohio on it. <laughs> always has been. And then that got revitalized. Cause someone made like a Photoshop with realistic looking people, which, you know, my, kind of go into the weird thing of stylization versus making everything look <laughs> realistic that we often value in society, but that's a different kind of verse. But like that, that got popular. And I remember cause that mixed with the cake thing for a bit. And now I think that's lasting a bit longer than the cake thing. I don't think there's as many variations, but I think it's more relatable. 
But ultimately, that is dying down now anyways. Yeah, like, it's going to be really weird when, like, the world opens up again and everybody has to talk to each other all the time. That's true. Maybe maybe they are. Sam says that's escapism. Old memes are a reminder of better days. Less horrible days. Honestly, maybe, because, yeah, she just mentioned the <laughs> Numa Numa thing, and I literally stopped, like, the other night on the couch and just watched Numa Numa again. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I still, I don't know if this might have been a bit after, I still listen to Carmel dancing all the time. Carmel dancing? Yeah, so I think that might have been a bit after. <laughs> so that was, like, 07. Um, it was a Swedish song that everyone thought was Japanese. Oh. Like Numa Numa, actually. Weird. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, and it's just this weird. It was a fun little like Newgrounds era dance meme thing where like you would draw your favorite characters doing the dance and yada yada. Huh. Uh, I love that song unironically. So I unironically love Numa Numa. Yeah. So I just think it's really catchy, actually. But yeah, like that one had a similar thing where like it got a bit like of a resurgence with people doing a. Like this, it was a dumb joke where it was Carmel dancing, but played in your neighbor's room. So it was just like a muffled, like, <laughs> it was dumb, but it, that's really stupid. It's one of those that makes me laugh, though. Like, and I, I prefer like simple memes like that because they make me laugh and there's nowhere else you can go with it. Like, yeah, that's fair. It, the joke is that joke. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So. That's memes. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's I, memes. Yeah, I, always, <laughs> I personally always preferred musical memes, anyways, because usually there was a funny song at least with it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of musical, actually, oh, well, e yeah, good uh, segue, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you, uh, me, and Liz, uh, sat you down and watched uh, Hamilton. Yeah, on Disney Plus. Um, we grabbed him by the shoulders. We sat him on the couch. Yep, you know, that one took so much tugging around. It definitely wasn't like, hey, you want to watch this? Sure. It definitely (laughs) wasn't that. No, 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 no. Not at all. Okay, so Sam's like, oh, you (laughs) you." I actually, I I did really want to watch Hamilton. Yeah, so here's the difference, Sam. Um, He hasn't just listened to death metal. He enjoys music. (laughs) Yep, like YTPMVs and anime girls screaming. But um, yeah, so I watched that uh, for a bit of context. It wasn't the first I actually heard of their songs. I quite enjoy Weird Al's Hamilton medley that he made. <laughs> and Dariah laughs every time I say that. I think it's actually really well done. It's well done, but like, it just doesn't compare to actual Hamilton. <laughs> you can like, actual Hamilton in five minutes. Actual Hamilton is just so powerful. No, it is. And like, it's a lot slower. So you get to really understand the lyrics and yeah. see it in context is amazing. And it's a really good musical. I really like it. It might be my favorite musical in the list of two musicals I've watched. One being SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. (laughs) No, you watched Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Second favorite musical, then. (laughs) Um, I'd probably put that one a bit above it. But it's really good. And I think there's a lot of of untapped potential with the mixture of the rap and hip-hop with musicals. Yeah. And it's great that this one did so well because, you know, rap and hip hop are not white people's favorite music. <laughs> no, which is I think that's like <laughs> such the that's that's the brilliant thing about it is he got what is essentially is white people like all of all the white people in history that were important, basically, are to America anyway, um, and made them like very um, powerful um, black and 
Mexican and Latino and Latina and like people of color. Yeah. And like changed, I think not the context of it, but like empowering. It, It empowers people who are historically not empowered and in a situation where they were historically not empowered and uses a musical medium, which white people generally aren't known for or enjoying known for enjoying either. And he mixes those two things. And is like, here you go, everybody. And he did it in such an amazing, powerful way that everybody can really enjoy and love it. Yeah. Like, like all my friends who are white very much do not like rap music. I think this is kind of rap music. I could show them that they'd be like, Oh, this is pretty neat. Yeah. And they'd be like, and I'd be like, ha, oh, it's rap. And they'd be like, this isn't rap. What are you talking about? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, they don't associate the things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, the, when people tell me they don't like rap, what they usually mean is they've heard a couple of rap songs about shooting bitches and getting money. And they assume that's all rap music instead of rap's this huge medium that encompasses so many different feelings of empowerment and stuff. Uh, I like music if it isn't fair. <laughs> even if I'll j- I joke a lot that I have a t- bad taste in music. It's really I have an entire taste in music in which I don't like have genres that I say I dislike. I'm just like, I'll listen to anything and I won't like everything I listen to. But sure, like when I was younger, I used to say, oh, I don't like country. I found some country songs I like. That's what you got. That's something that I think a lot of people aren't willing to try. And I understand if you don't if you find a pattern of you're not liking a lot of this stuff that you just think you won't like it. But when you can find a song that you really enjoy in a quote unquote genre, you dislike, I think it's really powerful. It's like, and there's, it usually means you found a song that has more than what you usually expect. Yeah. Um, so I, as you also, uh, I still generally say that I, uh, don't like country. Um, I think maybe there's two country songs I like, but I can only think of one. And it's something about tears in the ocean. Um, and it's like a, I, I can't even recall like the story of the song, but basically a bunch of people die and it's super sad. Um, like ultimately I think my entry point to most things is like, Oh, I don't like musicals. Is it sad? Well, maybe I like it. Like, Oh, I don't like romantic comedies. Is it sad? Well, maybe I like it. Like, <laughs> I think maybe I'm just, I really like sad things and I'm sort of coming to that accepting point now. <laughs> Um, it's, it's been years. Oh, uh, well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sam is saying in chat, there's a lot of stuff going on in it, uh, referring to Hamilton and had a hard time figuring out uh, what was going on. That's cool, but I just don't get it. Maybe. Maybe it's just I'm not a musical person. And I don't know, Sam. I think maybe it's just uh, you also generally don't really like rap or hip hop. Um from what I've tried showing you. So yeah, you do like sad things, right? I do really like sad things. I don't know why I would like, that's just a really easy emotion for me to attach to. I mean, like, so I may not seem like it with how much I talk about, like how I love (laughs) cartoons. I actually really enjoy sad things too. Like some of my favorite animes are really depressing anime about suicide and (laughs) how to move on from life. Like a, an anime that dry is actually seen out of the millions of anime. Uh, oh shoot. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name. Welcome to the NHK. Yes. I love that anime. It's such a powerful anime. Me too. Um, Sam actually introduced me to that one. And <laughs> it's funny that that's the one that's like, okay, maybe anime is not all bad because that's also just the one that's superhuman and super sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you no, know, like, so as I say, like 
I feel like everyone can find a song they like. You you still have preferences. Like I'm not right, saying right. you don't have preferences. I'm saying use that to your advantage. Like I often like a I often like the beat of music, which is something that I really like about a lot of rap songs, which is why that. And that's why I had to find something in country that has more of a beat to it rather than just the guitar. Right. And I think that's a lot of what I'm getting at. And like, and uh, that's like sometimes when I take offense to when people don't like animation, like there's so it's such a vast media. There's so much animation. There's American, there's Japanese, there's Korean. It's all over. You just have to, you might have to dive in there, but you, you there will be stuff you like. I mean, yeah, and, like, a lot of stuff generally that you've shown me, like, I have enjoyed it to some extent. Yeah. Um, it's not something that, like, I'm just like, no, this is animated for the children. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but it's just, like, I'm not I'm not searching out for it. Like, it's not something that I'm, like, dedicating time, like, energy to be like, where's the diamond in the rough on this one? <laughs> also to reference Hamilton Merrick. Um, <laughs> Sam says, uh, Dry says I like metal, but there's so many different metal subgenres with different elements that come from tons of different genres. Yeah, they all sound the same, Sam. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just ignore our entire point we've been making. <laughs> I mean, to like wrap up Hamilton, it's really great if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it if you don't like, you know, rap or whatever. If you don't like theater, I mean, everyone's a theater person. And after you go see your first theater show, like theater is so great um, in that aspect. And I would like, I love punk rock and it's screamo shit, you know, that they do. But if you can understand that crap, you can understand rap. It is hard to get into though. I had to listen to that soundtrack um, over and over again before I finally fell in love with it. Um, but either way, I think the point is you should probably go out and listen to something and give it a chance yeah. rather than yeah. like shut it down completely. Because, I mean, I really like Eminem, but he has some shit songs. <laughs> yeah, like, like there's a lot of people finally you know? realizing like Eminem <laughs> is super corny and like they're trying to like say like it's this new thing. But like, no, dude's always been fucking corny as hell. Like that's kind of his thing. That's part of his shtick. He's like saying super awful things in a really corny way. Like it's fun. Um, yeah. But like you're like you were saying, like nobody is like nobody thinks that they're like a stage play person until they like go and see their yeah. first one. And that's very true because you took me to my first one, Book of Mormon, and like I up until that point was always saying like I hate musicals, like I don't like musicals. And then went and saw that afterwards, like oh maybe I like musicals. <laughs> that was really that was a cool experience. That was good. I'm like yeah. If you could see the background, like the background's even better. You know, even if we did like amateur high school theater, like it just it's just so much better. Like you know, even back then, back there. But I mean, to create something like that and to watch someone create it in front of your face because every show is different every yeah. night. You know, it's just, that's like the greatest thing. Um, but I kind of wanted to segment it back to a different movie, which has to do with rap with, that we recently watched. It came out in 2018 is Blind Spotting. Yes. And it is, it is a great movie. And I don't want to oversell it in case you don't think it's great. But I was like 20 minutes in and I... You know, I texted a nephew and I was like, I haven't even finished watching this movie, but you need to watch it. Like, you just you just have to watch this movie. 
um, because it incorporates rap to what rap was created for, to tell a story um, in a in a very powerful way. Um, Yes, that that movie is so so good. Um, I'm uh, I was going to speak to you about it. I want to try and buy that if we can uh, on Amazon. We should have this conversation (laughs) in a little while. <laughs> so, with something Sam said, uh, that you never, that she never got to see a musical, and probably won't because it's not for poor people. That's oh, actually sure. something I really hope that <laughs> Hamilton brings is more musicals for the general public, like more just recorded. And I know that it's a completely different feeling when you get into the musical and like you're sitting down watching it. But I really think that that will help bring musicals to everyone. If we just allow that, because like, again, I've watched the SpongeBob the musical that was just on YouTube, and I chose <laughs> to watch it, and I actually really enjoyed it. That's not something I would have ever seen, right? <laughs> like, I would not go to person, as much as I love SpongeBob, I would not go in person to watch the SpongeBob musical. Yeah, like I think honestly, Hamilton is going to be an entry point for a lot of people because it is just so huge; it's hard to ignore. Like, you have mm-hmm. to try and ignore Hamilton yeah. to not really know about Hamilton or anything in it at this point. And I think eventually a lot of people are just going to break and be like, fine, I'll fucking pay $7 on Disney Plus and watch the thing. And like whether they don't like it or they do like it, like I think it's going to open up like, okay, well, maybe there is other stage plays that I might enjoy. Or like maybe I really did love this one. Like maybe I need to go see some. I think that it is just so ubiquitously beloved and famous that people are going to be interested. And it's just really crappy. This was like going to be Liz and mine's like stage play year. Like she saved up a bunch of money for us and like bought a bunch of tickets. <laughs> so we were going to go shows. <laughs> see like Lion King. We were going to go see Hamilton probably. Book like, of Mormon. Book of Mormon again. Jesus Christ. We were going to try and see Evan Hansen. We we're going to see Evan Jesus Christ Hansen Superstar. 2021. And like <laughs> now just nothing. Everything was canceled. Now it's dry super used all that money to buy 10 4K <laughs> discs. Some of it probably did go to 4K. <laughs> There's no denying that. Um, but yeah. yeah, that is unfortunate. But... but it is true. It is, you know, poor people don't go and watch theater because it's so expensive. No. It's so expensive to recreate every night because they're recreating it every night. Um, and there's just, but, like, kind um, of this surrounding, like, idea of, like, if I go to theater, I like, have to dress up this way and act this way. Yeah. And I think that kind of hurts it more than anything. Well, I- Actually, something that that really reminds me is I actually have just gone to a concert, like a big production concert, Mm -hmm. and like you're supposed to dress up nice. And my music teacher was in that concert, but something she often brings up, it's really weird that there's this weird stigma that like concerts are very uptight and you got to dress up and stuff. Because where concerts started, there were just people sitting on the floor. Right, exactly. Like even like our most famous plays, like Shakespeare, like it was for poor people. Yeah, like, like it was got like, to just wash it on the floor. Like if you're rich, you got a chair, but right. But like it was not ever meant to be like this is for the rich people. Like stories were stories. Yeah. So like it is, it is sad that it's just become this thing of like if you're rich, you get to go see the cool thing. If you're not rich, you don't. I mean, I think that's where the shift comes to because like even seafood, it was yeah, poor poor people because right. that's what they could catch. You know, that's a, you know, that was their living, so that they. They ate that um, because you have to. Um, Same, you know, theater, concerts, same thing. It was for poor people and, you know, someone gave it a chance with a high class and was like, hey, I like this. This This is fucking dope. (laughs) I'm going to make it bigger 
so that, you know, my friends of my class would be interested in it too. Yeah. And yeah. so then it, it, it gets bigger and bigger and then it starts, you know, creating that, that systemic divide that wasn't there before because when it was for poor people, poor people didn't care where yeah. you were from and you were just in, but rich people care where you're from. So as Sam says, um, rich people ruin everything. That's what they, they do. do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I am inclined to, to yeah, agree. I, I think I agree with that too. <laughs> there, there's some good rich people out there, but there's not enough of them. <laughs> no, like there are rich people who just think owning a billion dollars is a sensible thing to do, you know? <laughs> Fucking it's, the worst. You know, drain it all. But yeah. So wife. <laughs> Uh, to get into entertainment, what people have been watching, you have been binge watching Suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about that experience a little bit. <laughs> um, so Suits, I actually started when it first came out because I love law. Um, I actually was going to be a lawyer until my parents were like, "Yeah, that's really expensive. We're not paying for that." So Sounds right, <laughs> yeah. Rich people um, ruining everything again. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, yep. But um, so I started it when I was in college, but, um, I went, you know, through the nursing program, which sucks the life out of you. So I couldn't finish it. Like I stopped like three and a half seasons and I stopped watching it. So I got back on the bandwagon because I really wanted to finish out. And, um, it's great. Binge watching is great because you don't know when stuff stops, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's a cliffhanger and you're like, dang. And then you just go on to next episode and you're like, that's how the season ends. Oh, those poor people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know how that feels. Yeah. So, but it's great if you like lot. Like, I don't know how, you know, closely they follow, um, you know, laws and stuff like that to make it the show that it is. Um, but I like it for that reason. You know, there's enough. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a certain type of drama. Um that not everyone is into like it's not law and order where you get to see you know the the mystery and trying to find a murder or you know whatever it is that you're trying to find and then you see like snippets of the court this is all the behind the scenes law and what has to go in before you even get to that courtroom um so i like it um it's like super melodramatic oh yeah super melodramatic um, and that's what makes it great. But even like someone um, like, I don't know, my husband isn't watching this with me, but he like sneaks in. Right. And he watches a little bit of it. And then he's like, so how do we get there? So he wants to know. <laughs> I mean, I do. I think I honestly, I really like the two leads. Uh, I don't know. His name is Nick. I think I don't know. Um, and Mike. Rachel, I know Rachel's name. Um, Mike and Rachel, Mike. like I really like their relationship and they honestly have a really great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I really like that part of the show and the rest of it is kind of fine, I guess. Um, but like some of the acting is actually really, really good and they have some actual actors in it, which is impressive. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. There definitely does feel like there was a difference in tone there was a tonal shift in the show from the first couple seasons that i saw and from where it's at now i feel like um just like subtle cinematography things like it didn't it feels slightly less grounded in a way that all us usa shows uh eventually get to 
one of my favorite shows. Psych also hit that point eventually too. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just the style that that network went into and it's fine. Like it works for what they're going for, but I just like it less. I think um, also what this show really did right. Cause there's a lot of, I think Homeland did this well also um, is that shows will start off with a plot and you're like, but that plant, that plot cannot hold on for, you know, um, longevity, you know, it can't hold on for like seven seasons or whatever. And so after for one or two seasons, it dies off because that plot dies off. And with suits, you know, it's this guy being a fraud. He's not a lawyer, but he has a photographic memory and he loves the law. And so this is what he wants to practice, but his past, you know, fucked it all up of what he did in the past. And that's why he can't be a lawyer. But then he finds someone that takes a shot on him and decides to do fraud with him. That plot eventually, you know. I want to do crime. Yeah. <laughs> They're lawyers. They get away with it. Um, and they do for five seasons. And <laughs> But within those five seasons, you get to know all of these characters. Like Mike and Ross, you know, are huge. But they're not bigger than Harvey and Mike. And they're not bigger than um, Harvey and Lewis. And they're not bigger than... Um, and Molly and mm-hmm, all of them. There's just all these characters that you you learn about and you find their characters. And so when this plot can no longer be the plot because you, you can't, you just it doesn't have the longevity of it. It falls off, but the show doesn't fall off with it because you've gotten to know all of the characters. And no matter which character you're following, you're invested because they made you like those characters. I think it's great writing. Homeland did it too. Um, they obviously kept on one character the whole time, but you know, when their one plot line fell through, you didn't lose everything because they made you connect with something else that was for the longevity of it. Um, when I think a lot of shows, when they do like one big plot thing, you know, like the airplane disappears and then it comes back. Yeah. (laughs) You know, how long can that last? Like you have, you have to write it really well. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite shows, one that nobody talks about nearly enough anymore. Uh, another thing that Sam introduced me to here, um, the 4400, which I sing his praises as often as I can. But there really is a middle part of that show that is fucking garbage because there's like a transition season between like, OK, we have wrapped up all of our old plot lines and we need to find new ones because they like just didn't transition between the plot threads well enough. And it becomes like this kind of weird alien thing and like very sad and emotional. And then there's a season of nothing. And then there's a season of the world ending. (laughs) (laughs) But I really love that show. Like I love all the actors in it. Um, There is one actor that was in it who has become uh, Emmy nominated and awarded and everything like that now. Leonardo Um, DiCaprio. No, I can't think of his name. He's in the Green Book. Uh, He's in Moonlight. I can't think of his name. Beethoven. Beethoven? I'm awful with names. (laughs) I can't think of his name. Anyway, he's amazing. Um, Sam in chat says, from what I saw in Suits, it was a bunch of rich, successful, and beautiful people being sad and fucking each other and never (laughs) laughing or smiling. I think I hate dramas. That's true. They (laughs) laugh like I laugh. So when I watch a comedy, I don't laugh because you're going to, there's always a second punchline. And if you laugh at the first punchline, you're going to miss the second one. And so I don't laugh, like I have to keep it in. And it, but if it's like, you know, if 
I can feel if it's not going to have a second one, then I'll laugh out loud. But that's how they are. Like, they are just like, it's like a dry humor. Like, those professors you have that just like never change their tone and they make <laughs> jokes throughout the whole thing. And there's only like yeah. one or two students that get it. And they're the ones that are laughing <laughs> because the rest of them aren't like paying attention. It's kind of like that. Like, you know, it, it's super witty. Um, they are rich, successful people being sad, but rich and successful people can be sad too. <laughs> what I had to point out <laughs> no, to Samantha. but yeah i don't i don't hate suits i think that if you weren't watching it there's no way i could sit down and watch it no uh it just doesn't have the baseline of like i don't care about law that much and like every time like i dip in and out like except for this last season i was like okay i understand what's happening cool thanks uh get the recap next season (laughs) but like then the the whole prison thing happened and then it got confusing and now i don't want to follow it (laughs) <laughs> that was that was super cute. That's when I started to question, like, are they actually trying to follow law? Because it would have to be some fucked up shit like this to get him out. And it was like I couldn't even re-explain. Like, I know what happened. I know why I got out. But like the web that needed to be created in order to describe that, mm-mm, no way. Nice. Yeah, it's a uh, insane. I think it's good. If you don't like dramas, you, you won't like it. Yeah. I want to be sad in my mansion being hot, too. You know, it would be good. It would make the depression better. But <laughs> I don't like then you don't want to fuck up your mascara. You know, like there pros and cons. Pros and cons. You know, my um, mascara is cheap enough to fuck up still. I'll, I'll also, I'll say, um, one of the few things that you would care about that I am watching. Um, I did watch a couple episodes of the Midnight Gospel. Ooh. And um, what ended up happening is I was way more interested in the conversations they were having. <laughs> and I, I wound up just wanting to want to go and listen to the podcast. So I stopped watching the show <laughs> because like the conversations seemed way more fun. Like the animation's fun in it too. But like, ultimately I was like starting to ignore the animation and just listening to them talk. <laughs> Um, I don't blame you. Sometimes I ended up doing that too. Although it depended on the episode because there were some episodes where I actually watched the animation more than a podcast. I will say when you get to the last episode, please watch the animation with it. I think it's very important. But... Okay. Okay. Um, it was very funny when he was talking to that doctor. Uh, he's like also like a personality on TV and stuff like that. But um, it was very interesting because from what I can tell, it is he, they took the actual podcast mm-hmm. um, and put that in and drew over it and like did all that over it and then there's certain parts when they have to justify the animation where they go in and redo some audio things and the things that they got he got that professional human being to say for like oh fuck this is on behind you fuck 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 yeah like that part is very weird and entertaining but like i really would just like to sit down and listen to the conversation they had about shrooms like it seems just really cool and interesting i mean you can though (laughs) yeah yeah like i think prevents you from doing it yeah i think ultimately what it showed me was like hey there's a podcast i need to check out eventually and maybe like this will show me the episodes i should concentrate on uh but yeah i did i have watched a couple of those it's very it's very strange animation yeah it's surreal yes yes it is well so there's at least three episodes where you just if you just try to listen to you'll be completely lost okay so if you're completely lost i would suggest going and watching the episode with it okay 
But yeah, um, I think it gets a bit out of being only good as the podcast towards the, I would say probably around four episode four. Okay, but that's yeah. my next one then. That's All right, yeah. Stuff. So I'd recommend trying to watch it because I think that's when they start trying to like mix it in. Because so you watched the one where they're meat already, then right? <laughs> yeah, I that love that. Weird. <laughs> that's one of the ones I actually watched almost only the visuals. I actually barely listened to that one because it's so. The... I know it's about dying and like. Yeah, that's such a weird hippie conversation that they have. Yeah, that's most of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I don't know. It was. He's such a weird personality. And like, <laughs> I was like, he must like have his hands in a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, no, like this is kind of his biggest project right now. Yeah. Adventure Time and this. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. He was pitching Adventure Time for a long ass time, too, honestly. Oh, before really? cartoon. He pitched it to Nickelodeon. They just didn't bite. Huh weird which i'd argue is good because i think cartoon network gave him the leeway to do a lot better stuff yeah with, with the show yeah but yeah so i'm glad you at least are getting enjoyment out of it though yeah it's like, fucking weird it's real fucking weird like I, sam like you should check out the midnight gospel on netflix uh you'll probably really like it and with your like weird witchy drug stuff <laughs> like <laughs> i i it really is probably it might be my favorite adult animation right now because that has to be separated for some reason. <laughs> the only like the only thing that I think gets near it is Rick and Morty, and that also has a very similar type of like surrealism and stuff that I. So I think it's a lot of that I like. But... Yeah. So like I've been thinking about going back and uh, watching BoJack Horseman again, mm -hmm. and I'm having a hard time like hyping myself up for it because I know how it ends, and like I just know like the the weird strange note that it lands on at the end. And so it's weird to like go through and be like, cause like the reason I want, I'm such a fucking idiot. Um, the reason I want to go through and watch it again is cause like, I want to see all these sad moments again as they're happening. And like the comedy stuff was good too, but like that. No, you know what? I, I mean, I, Bojack Horseman is a funny show, but you don't really watch it for the comedy. You watch it for the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to try to watch all of that again. Let me know. So, also, I can't believe I blinked on Bojack Horseman. I think that just shows how much it transcends in my mind. Like, <laughs> it's not even an adult animated cartoon. It's just a masterpiece of a cartoon. It's probably really good. One of, actually, not even probably. Definitely one of the most influential shows that we're going to have in the decade. I would agree with you, actually. Um, I think that it used the actors that voiced, like the actor that voiced Bojack. He himself has struggled with alcoholism quite a bit. Um, I think they kind of got the perfect guy for that role actually. Yeah. Cause he's generally known for being like this very outlandish, like comedian, uh, comedy actor, like just doing stupid, crazy stuff. And I think this gave him a really nice venue to be very serious and very real and kind of channel the difficulties he's had with his own addictions yeah, like, and be able to like be funny while doing it still. That's what I love about Bojack is like, it lets itself be like, I'm just going to take a step and, say what i think needs to be said like on like two i still would say i think free churro is still just my favorite episode of that and that's an episode where there's no wacky hijinks there's no there's barely any animation it's just bojack telling a story is that is that the funeral yeah that's also my favorite episode yeah um i think that might be one of the most well written monologues in fiction history because you have to like that if that wasn't if that was like two percent not as interesting, no one would have watched that episode. But yeah. it's such a beautiful episode and really goes above and beyond. Is one of the reasons I think BoJack Horseman is 
such an important piece of media in yeah. general. And the way that it disarms at the end. Cause like at the end of the episode, I am, I'm, I'm in tears at the end of the episode yeah. basically. And the way it's just like, Oh, I'm in the wrong place. And then it just ends. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, such a, such a smack in the face. Yeah, It's, it's a Bojack ending. It's, yeah. That episode perfectly encapsulates the entire series where Bojack needs to be serious and needs to understand what is happening with his life and is slowly piecing together the ICU. I think it's a really beautiful moment where he, in that moment, realizes. Sam said, "Don't is... spoil anything." Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, we won't. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's a beautiful episode, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's really happened. great. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're. Sorry. Go ahead. This has absolutely nothing to do with movies, but no, we've been talking about music. Um, and the Black Sheep just announced that um they're gonna want to or they're trying to make every Sunday Sing Kid Sunday, which I'm all about. Are they even um, open right now? Yeah. Oh, that's last a bad calls idea. at last calls at ten o'clock still, but that's not the point. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna go during COVID. <laughs> not a smart idea. <laughs> I have more sense than that. But um, the fact that they want emo night every week just warms my heart. Because it gets you sad little that. emos out there to party and drink. I'm just glad it's coming out as like a thing that happened and is now just normal. And just let us out of our shells a little bit. Because I had to repress really hard on that for me to become an adult. And it was really sad when I had to do it. And so like, now that, a... you know, it's more accepted, I'm, I'm happy. My little black heart is going. <laughs> well, I think that really speaks to just, like, how society is and where you're supposed to, like, bottle up who you were at the time. You're not allowed to be the weird kid that you were or the weird teen that you were. Or just have those quote unquote um, phases through your life in order to be adult. Like, I think it's really interesting because, like, pro- as someone who just still watches cartoons in his twenties, <laughs> like, there's this weird like idea you can't you can't like the things you liked as a kid, including like emo stuff. So that's kind of interesting that they are just like, here's emo night. I mean, so as a selfish person <laughs> um, who just consumes a ton of media. Um, the 60s or the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and now 90s, we're experiencing a lot of like 90s based things of like, hey, remember, remember when? Um, I am interested to see the kinds of stories that will be told around like the scene kid stuff and like the emo kid era of the world of culture, I guess. Like, I want to see if they can make me care about that culture in any way or like, feel feel anything towards that because like at the time you have to care a little bit i'll have to care a little bit because you're my wife um it would be rude if i didn't (laughs) (laughs) um but like just like a very deep personal thing of like there's like some 90s stuff that um i have watched our stuff that's like based in the 90s that i've watched um in the last couple years mid 90s being kind of the biggest one i guess because like the the character in mid 90s the kid that you follow i feel like i was to a very large extent, that kid, like I was hanging out with a lot of older kids and had like a mean older brother and uh, yeah, and was beaten up all the time and trying to like be cool. And uh, I feel like I, I related to that quite a bit. To being an emo kid? No, to the 90s kid in the mid 90s. Oh, so a punk kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Sam says that's why they, that's why goths are a thing. We wear our hearts on our sleeves and we embrace, romanticize the darkness and realize death is inevitable, and there's beauty in it. Saying that goths are way cooler. Um, just period. Just in <laughs> I everything. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Goths are pretty cool. If I had to be on the spectrum between emo or goth, I feel like I might land more on goth. I'm a very just on my views of the sun. You don't want it. I don't want it. We don't need it. <laughs> Down with the sun. I mean, yeah. I was. I'm in that weird period of like mid 2000s to early 2010s, where like it was like phasing out the emo and goths into like, I guess scene is the word. I don't know. Dying your hair, but bright colors this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene I think is probably the best. Scene kids. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's a weird like thing. Being between two generations is always a weird place to be. Yeah. Because um, like. I th- yeah. I think I'm, scene kids were also like, um, is literally that to follow the scene of what it is. Yeah. But to not let emo and goth die, they combine the two. Like basically, what I want is, um, what Train Spotting did for punk, and. Dazed and Confused did for weird teenage hippies. I want that for emo and scene uh, era. I mean, honestly, right now we're getting a lot of the early 2000s uh, nostalgia stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be soon, if anything. I don't know if we're out, if we're mature enough to stop making fun of emos and goths, honestly. You might be correct. Because, like, um, a new Twilight book came out and everyone's freaking out. So you might be right. God, oh man, that just aged me back. Like, <laughs> ten years, fuck. Um, but like, uh, like a big thing because, like, honestly, a big thing with like emo and goth. I actually, I feel like a lot of people like Invader Zim's a big association with that era. Yes, it is. Where Invader Zim's coming back, like they got the movie, and I think there's word of mouth that are trying to get some more stuff going. Mm-hmm. But no, that came back with as a separated thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an interesting thing. And even then, Invader Zim kind of had to update itself to the times. There's a couple, like, if not as much of that era Invader Zim as it was. Right. It's not going for, like, the dark goth thing as much. Yeah. Like, I know you don't and you didn't enjoy Enter the Florpus too much. Um, <laughs> I gave up 15 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, it just was too much of that. It was too much of the parts of Invaders in my, I, when I grew up, I didn't like anymore. of just, just like the screaming. random yelling. Yeah. And less fair. of like the weird, like dark, deeply disturbing humor yeah, that I liked. For I it. think Enter the Florpus was like his, I know it was like the beginning of him writing comics. I okay. think is a bit of why it was like this transition. Okay. And again, I think he was like getting out of that because that was a lot of his like, because he wrote Invader Zim partially based off his own life. Like, mm. that's why if you see Dib and look at a picture of him at the time, it's like, yeah, they're kind of <laughs> similar. I'm have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a funny thing. So, like, in the new, in Enter the Florpus, Dib is a bit darker and less, like, skinny looking. <laughs> and that is pretty accurate with that, with okay. Jonah Vasquez. I don't know. But yeah, ultimately, like, I think that's. I think that's a fair assessment. There is a lot of yelling and like I can put up with it because I've just like been grown in that era of everything. Right. So like, I'm like, yeah, it's your screaming. 
<laughs> I have my limits too. Like I don't like a lot of new memes where it's just like, and it's just a bunch of loud noise and I hate it. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't stand those at all. And you know, okay. Cause I'm reading, I'm also reading Sam's comments with the thing here. And I just want to tie it back to something you said too. Like, I mean, one, I don't think that gods have better music. They have some good music, not all of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if goths have been around since the 80s, probably, because they were very non-conformity things, and, you know, that's when the government wanted to, you know, control everything and whatnot, um, and all that stuff, but the Our other goths thing... have, in fact, been around since the 80s. Okay. We'll believe that. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but with, like, E saying, like, I don't think we're you know, away from, like, making fun of emo kids and goth people. Um, but I, I honestly, I disagreed. Um, I disagree with that because, like, when I was in high school and my brothers would make fun of me and my mom would yell at me every morning going to school um, because of the way I was dressed and my hair to now, like, they make fun of me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. I kind of like it. I still like that person. Yeah, I I still am that person, so I'm okay with it. Um, you know, but it and it may have like it might have just been like trickling down. You know, it's softer and softer from if it's punk, then goth, then emo, then scene, or goth punk, whatever it is. You know, um, (laughs) but I don't know. It's just the type of like I don't give a fuck type of culture that I liked more. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, uh, and Sam was saying in chat, um, goths have better music, or she said we. Um, goth is a music-based subculture that stemmed from punk. Jesus fucking Christ! Ugh. Post post punk, or no punk post punk goth new wave. So I think you're saying punks actually had the better music since they created goth. I apparently I listen to punk. I would say punk is better music, Sam. Sam said nope, but I think she's actually noping her previous statement that Goss had better music. So yeah, I think she's in agreement with us now. Yeah, I think uh, Sam agrees with us. That's great, and she can definitely not argue. So that's good. Good, good, good. I, of Thank course, you. am quite a fan of butt rock instead, so let's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. man. This, has been a, this was a fun post-credits. Yeah, it was. Got to talk about a lot of the stuff that I don't talk about to people as much, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we're kind of heading up onto our limit here, so I think we're going to go ahead and uh, start saying uh, Um I guess I'll mention it in passing. The movie we did this week was El Mariachi, directed by Robert Rodriguez, as we didn't bring that up at all. Yeah. It was fun. Um, if you're listening to this live, you can look forward to that episode on Thursday. If you are listening to this in the archive, you, you already look- listened to it. That's not entirely true. That's not entirely true. But that episode's up already if you're listening to this archive. Um, also, Sam says, "Listen to the the cure is great. Listen to the Sisters of Mercy and the Cure, and tell me shitty pop punk is better. Just saying, the I cure probably could. Is great. <laughs> the cure is really good, Sam. I'm it's not going to deny. Super great. Emos love the Cure. Yes. <laughs> also, Sam, if I show you the stuff I listen to, you're going to just disregard anything I say, anyways. So I don't really." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Your screams, her music screams, all everyone's <laughs> screaming. 
Yeah. I think you guys would get along with music. <laughs> I don't think her screams are random anime and gay porn, though. So I don't know. It's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to uh, head out here. Yep. Uh, anybody who listened, thank you for listening. Anybody who's listening to this archive, thanks for listening to the archive. Yep. Um, talk to you later. Uh, Liz, thank you for joining the call. Mm-hmm. That was fun. E, thanks for what? sticking around on this postcard. You haven't been here for a long time. No, I haven't. I've been working, and now I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam says we suck. Uh, go ahead and ban her. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and ban Sam from chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, if you want to contact us, we are on Facebook and Twitter. The last one's in. Uh, podcast on one of those, I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there we go. If you want to send us an email on your way to talk to us about any things we've talked about on this podcast please let us know what you're responding to instead of just being like you guys are wrong but you know <laughs> that's, that's your prerogative uh you can do that at the last ones in podcast at gmail.com once again that is the last ones in at podcast at gmail.com send us your favorite pop rock song yeah your pop rock song send pop us your favorite rock. one send us your favorite goth pop rock rock lock song let anyway. us know that emails are better than gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, E. Talk to you guys next week. Pasta, pasta. <laughs>